Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Fiji's under-20 footballers get some high-profile help. A group of Tongan mothers paddle their way to history, and Papua New Guinea's new cricket coach settles into his new role. But first, the Fiji women's sevens team will play at every event on the upcoming World Series after winning the Hong Kong qualifier at the weekend. The Fijiana went through the tournament undefeated, beating France in the final to earn a core team spot on the Women's World Series. China, France and South Africa also earned core team status for the upcoming season, which features an expanded six tournaments starting in Dubai in December. Head coach Eliasa Tanevola says it's a huge result for the team and for Fiji rugby. Which I hope has increased the profile of uh, women's rugby in Fiji. Uh, it's huge for us. You know, and we just got to keep working hard. And uh, but you know, in, in saying that, we've qualified, and the girls really worked hard for it, and uh, and to go on and to win the tournament. So you know, it's great feeling, and uh, you know, paid off with all the hard work they've done. So what does that mean for the team and the players? Because of course now you're a, a core team, which means that you get to go to all the events: Dubai, Brazil, USA, Canada, England, and the Netherlands, uh, which you know provides certainty in terms of. The amount of competitions, the amount of uh, games that you get, the the quality of opposition, and especially as you know, we lead up to uh, you know an Olympic tournament that you guys would like to be a part of. It's a uh, you know very valuable match play. Is this is this significant in terms of funding for Fiji rugby, or uh, does this help uh, the players um, get a certain salary? Or I mean, you know, how does this all uh, fit in? Yeah, definitely, uh, it helps out in all areas for us. Firstly, for the exposure of um, our women's rugby here in Fiji. Um, we haven't really got a, a, a you know wide player base where we can uh, choose from. We've got roughly about ten clubs, less than two hundred girls, or just over two hundred uh, playing rugby in Fiji. And it's you know what has happened over the weekend has really um, lifted the profile of women's rugby. And I hope the interest from uh, school leavers and the girls at school, uh, you know, to try and uh, jump into the sport and hopefully get to see the world by doing that. And um, you know, it's a fantastic opportunity. You know, for example, four men, uh, they've been doing it for a while and, um, you know, for them to get into that, uh, it's huge and uh, let's hope uh, something big and better coming for Fiji Rugby. And is it the same as the men, that if you finish in the top four of the upcoming World Series that you'll qualify for Rio? Yes, definitely. And it's another thing we're looking at. Uh, it's sort of a long term aim. Uh, if we can really compete, uh, come Dubai and follow on the rest of the, the series and hopefully make it in the top four. You know, that'll be great for us, but you know, we'll take um, each tournament as it comes and uh, hope for the best. Last year, the Fijiana only, I think, competed on two events on the series, which has you know yes. since been expanded to six tournaments, but they were reasonably competitive. So, um, you know, what, what, what did they learn from last year, having sort of, a, I guess, a, a taste of the World Series? Will it take time to adapt to those top events, or do you think they're ready? Yeah, I think we'll take a bit of time for us to adapt. The international competition from month to month, I guess, is running for six months. And it will have, I guess, for us, we'll have to just get better in our fitness and our strength. Uh, we, got, we need to get fitter and stronger. Because before this uh, qualifying series, uh, getting to the series, we did the one-off tournament, so the preparation wasn't consistent. So I guess now going into the series, we've already got a, a periodized program for the girls for the year so it's something we've got to work on and uh, hopefully we will sit down with the girls and uh, explain what's, what's on plan uh, working through the periodized plan for the whole year so there'll be a lot of intensity in our trainings and uh, 
you know, as tournaments then we go for the travels. I guess we'll take a lot of as we move forward and hopefully the girls will learn from it and uh, better prepare for tournaments to come up in, uh, in a couple of years' time. And uh, with both the men's and women's teams uh, now core sides on their respective World Series, is there ways that you can work together, um, be it just in terms of knowledge off the field or you know, perhaps obviously not training together, but you know, um, in terms of facilities and whatnot or just you know, uh, throwing ideas around uh, now that you're both sort of doing the same sort of thing? Definitely. We've already started off with that. I've been liaising with uh, Ben Ryan and sharing his knowledge and I've uh, been to a few of the men's training during the series last year, so it was good. So hopefully, by now, well, we just got back yesterday, so hopefully we'll come to today's public holiday. Tomorrow we'll get back to the office and hopefully get in touch with him, uh, Mr. Ryan and uh, yeah, take it from there. All of uh, your girls, do they, they still have jobs, I guess, that they've got to go to? I, mean, I know there's contracts now for the men's uh, in, on a limited basis, Sarah. Do, do all your players still have jobs that they have to deal with and fit things around? They'll go back to, you know, uh, the normal jobs and... Uh, you know, looking at the men, there's probably something at a stage will probably get the women's team getting contracted. But uh, for us, firstly, we just got to try to make uh, you know ourselves ready for this series and hopefully stamp a mark, which will make our claim. You know, if we can get paid full time for the girls, uh, I guess that'll be great. Let's see, Fiji women's sevens coach Elisa Tanivola. A women's crew from Tonga will compete in an international outrigger canoe competition for the first time this week at the Alo Pau Pau Festival in Samoa. The team of six from the Nuku Alofo Outrigger Canoe Club will race in the 20km marathon and sprint events and have been training since February. Rose Fungapo says they wanted to try something different and to set an example for others. We've never competed internationally before. The club has actually only just started two years ago and we've got these old canoes from Vavau. And then we've just, you know, with the health aspect in Tonga, started getting people into the sport, getting people interested in the sport. We're all mothers, we're all over 30, and we all just thought, why not compete in a regatta? So the Samoa Alapapao came about, and so we decided, oh, yep, okay, well, why not? And just started seriously training in February. The formation of the club, why outrigger? What why was that the attraction? Did some of the members have a history in the sport, or was that just something that you saw? And, and as you say, the health aspect of it, you thought that looked, you know, that looked like something you'd like to give a go. There's not a lot of things to do here, as far like on the island. I mean, you know, we've got netball, and I think just for our age, because we're all mothers, it was just trying to find a time where we can um, get together recreationally. I think it started out as a recreation sport and because so. it was new, and we hadn't done it before. And this uh, Alo Papau uh, regatta is, is the first time that your uh, crew will be competing internationally. Um, do you have any idea if you're any good or, or how you might be able to go? We've had a support crew, like there's another team, and the guys that have competed in the um, South Pacific Games in um, Wallace and Fatuna, they've come out and we've been able to race with them. And it's pretty tough, so we sort of know we're, what we're up against. What are you hoping to achieve uh, over there? What would be a success for you? Are you just happy to be competing in this event, or is there, is well, there a target you have? Yeah, I guess for us, because it's the first time that um, Tonga women, like the, the groups actually come from Tonga. You know, you've, there's been teams from Australia New Zealand that have represented Tonga, but we're, we actually live here and we're local. I think one of our things is to go there and have, get the experience see how a regatta's run and then just bring it back to the island. Bring it back here and just, you know, sort of start locally and, and I guess what we've done is just got the awareness out with all our, our local people here too 
and you know just all the support from them has just been really huge they're asking how they get on the boat or they're wanting to ask how to paddle so I guess you know just um getting that the support because we're surrounded by water what a better way especially you know in the islands just to keep fit for everybody to keep fit as well and active that's Rosa Fungapur from the Nukawalofa Outrigger Canoe Club Former Australia and Papua New Guinea head football coach Frank Farina has joined the coaching staff of the Fiji Under-20s team as they build up to their debut World Cup appearance. Farina will work as a technical advisor to head coach Ravanesh Kumar and spent last week getting acquainted with the players on the training pitch. The 50-year-old was most recently in charge of A-League club Sydney FC and hopes that his background coaching teams at World Cup tournaments will benefit the Fiji side. It's obviously the first time, you know, Fiji, any team from Fiji has qualified for the World Cup. So, you know, the under-20 World Cup to be held in New Zealand. So, you know, it was a great opportunity to come in and help um, Ravanesh, who's, who's coaching the side. And, um, you know, hopefully hopefully we'll be able to help out, um, you know, to make sure that they, they perform credibly in, in the World Cup. And, I mean, this under-20 World Cup, it's massive, isn't it? Obviously, the FIFA World Cup is the biggest sporting event on the planet. You've got the Olympics, but... This is pretty big. Yeah, look, the World Cup is always big, uh, irrespective of you know what age group. I think um, I attended the last one in New Zealand, the Under Seventeen World Cup in '99, I think it was. So, look, it's it's you know it's a fantastic springboard for for a lot of young players to begin their career, and you know the Under Twenty World Cup is is right up there. So, you know, it should be a great experience for for everyone involved with the you know the Fiji Under Twenty side. So, I know they're looking forward to it, and uh, you know, as I said, hopefully I'll be able to help out in some way. Yeah, and especially from the Fijian or from the Pacific Islands point of view to, to get the opportunity to be involved in one of these tournaments and I guess the opportunity of having New Zealand as the host nation uh, makes it a really, really special uh, you know, chance and perhaps you know, a, a very rare chance as well uh, for them to, to really capitalise on. Exactly right, you know, and um, <clears throat> obviously New Zealand being the host uh, qualify automatically. So, you know, it was a great opportunity for, you know, one of the island countries to qualify and, um, you know, Fiji were lucky enough to do that. So... As you say, it's it's a great opportunity, you know, once in a lifetime thing for a lot of these players and 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 coaches. So as I said, they're looking forward to it, and uh, it's a great opportunity. How do you think your skills are and, and your talents in terms of coaching and and whatnot uh, mesh in with uh, Ravanesh and, and with this Fiji team? Well, look, just just from experience, you know, having been to World Cups and you know seeing what what happens, the the, the, the ins and outs. So I think the experience side of things that you know he can bounce things off me, and um, you know we work pretty well together so um, you know I'm just here basically to, to assist in any way possible. And uh, you've obviously worked uh, with PNG players in the past with Australian players and, and obviously you've worked around the Oceania region I mean having uh, now had the boys or been involved with training for a, a couple of weeks or so uh, what are your sort of first assessments of uh, where the team's at? I've only been uh, a week training with them they're obviously finished last Friday so it's a talented young young team uh, obviously Still learning and, and gaining experience, but you know they did well to qualify. So, look, there's certainly you know talent in there, and, and Fiji, the Fiji sides have always been, you know, up there physically. So they're, they're not they're not going to be left wanting on that on that front either. So, you know, first impressions are pretty good. Do you have any idea what the schedule's like? I think uh, last time I spoke with Ravanesh, there was talk of uh, tours to the US or, or something like that. Is there a decent list of fixtures lined up? I think the uh, Presidents' Cup is it later uh, this year in New Zealand. I think is on the on the horizon. Yeah, that's the first event coming up for the team. Uh, obviously, they're looking at preparing in Australia. That should be 10 days prior to going to New Zealand uh, for that President's uh, Cup tournament. So, look, we're in the process now of, you know, sort of finalising the program for which will lead us 
you know, all the way up to the World Cup next year. That's the Fiji Under-20 football team's new technical advisor, Frank Farina. Papua New Guinea cricket coach Dipak Patel says he's excited by the potential within the Barramundi's team, even if results are still a work in progress. The former New Zealand international spinner took charge of the Barramundi's last month on a full-time basis. They're currently in Darwin in preparation for another year in the South Australian Premier League. Patel says he's enjoying his new role. It's been quite a good transition, to be honest with you. Uh, I had a couple of weeks with them uh, in Port Moresby uh, before we, we flew out to Australia. So, you know, look, uh, I'm finding it very challenging, but uh, enjoying every minute of it. Uh, they're a great bunch of guys. Uh, yeah, the whole establishment uh, is, is well organised. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for any more uh, from, from what I've got out of it so far. And, of course, it's been quite a hectic start, you know, moving over there... Uh getting to know the team well, um, having the Big Bash uh, tournament on as they do every year up in Moresby. And, of course, here you are now in Australia. You had a few matches in the top-end cricket carnival. You played against the uh, All-Stars team. You're about to play some other matches against international sides in Darwin. And then, of course, you head down to the, the soccer league. So it's all go. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's exactly what the players need. Uh, they need good, strong competition. And uh, these sort of leagues uh, that they play in uh, is ideal in terms of the build-up for, obviously, the, the, the T20 qualifiers. So playing in the second league, obviously, which starts uh, this coming weekend, and the games that we've played to date so far, the, the 50 and T, T20 games, have been a great insight for me uh, to get a feel for where, where the whole team is and, uh, as individuals and, and, and as a team. So, yeah, I've got a lot out of it so far. So I've still got a long way to go to get a full concept of what, what PNG cricket is all about. So I, I've been pretty excited with what, what I've seen in terms of the talent they have. Some patchy results in terms of um, you know the old win-loss column over the last uh, week in terms of the uh, the games uh, in the top end and, and, and the All-Stars game. How much emphasis do you put on results in, in those sorts of games or are you really focusing on something further down the line that you're building towards? Or Overall, uh, yes, we do look at results, but at the same time, certainly from my perspective, uh, it, it's a case of, it's a more of a fact-finding sort of mission at the moment and getting a feel. And to be honest with you, the results probably don't reflect how well these guys have played, uh, albeit that you're right, they, we've had a sort of mixture of win and, wins and losses, but the losses have been very close. Uh, and and that, I think this is where I'm starting to find out a little bit more about yeah, their thought processes and, and the mental approach to their game. And uh, certainly that's one area that I'll be targeting uh, moving forward. Uh, that we need to sort of bring in the results uh, in our favour when, when the games are close. But at the same time, uh, they've competed very, very well against some very well-organised teams. And of course, you've got the Barramundi squad with you that you're obviously working with, but some people who have played for the Barramundis before and, and I guess narrowly missed out on your squad. We're also part of the East Asia Pacific team, so not only did you get to see your players, your current squad, uh, in action, you, you had the benefit of seeing a few of your other uh, players that are obviously are eligible and uh, keen to be a part of it uh, as well. Absolutely, uh, and I think that's the key, uh, again, moving forward with PNG Cricket, is the uh, development of our uh, fringe players uh, and below that. So, like I said, I, I couldn't have asked for a better feel uh, to understand where PNG Cricket is, uh, the, the strengths and weaknesses uh, of, of the players and the squads as well. So, yeah, look, it's a win-win situation, certainly from my perspective, in, uh, in my position as the head coach. I'm getting a far better understanding um, 
is what what our, our strengths are and, and what depth have we got uh, available. And uh, you've got another week, 10 days in Darwin uh, against some uh, more high-profile teams. Uh, what, so what is the schedule over that period? What, what teams are you coming up against? We play uh, UAE uh, and then we play the Edge uh, and the Grip. That's uh, part of the Saka League. So, um, yeah, these are very important games now moving forward. Certainly the UAE one is one game that we want to target to make sure that not only do we perform well, uh, but more importantly, getting a result. So we put a lot more emphasis on this game uh, on Thursday. I see that being the catalyst of this particular trip to Darwin and to see where where we're at uh, as far as uh, international cricket is concerned. Alrighty, because I guess uh, a lot of those teams are travelling to Australia and New Zealand over the the next uh, month or two, aren't they, as they sort of build up towards that World Cup? Correct. So, you know, any any games that we can get against the international teams that are travelling towards New Zealand and Australia is a huge bonus. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to playing against them uh, on Thursday. That's the Papua New Guinea cricket coach, Dipak Patel. And that's the World of Sport for this week. I'm Finney Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.